anxiety, worry, concern, mistrust, doubt, suspicion. Who would have thought that these would all become so much a part of our lives in this free country, a first world country? We are all given reasons to fear, groups to fear, intentions to fear. With the fear of the other growing, it drives out the spirit of unity, and it distracts our eyes from where they would best be placed, where they should first be placed. We stop looking at the good and the hopeful, and we begin to assume the worst. In this series, this new series, I am here once again to call you back, to call us back, to call me back, to going eyes up. Jesus first, everything else after. Starting with Jesus, we remember His frequent calls to fear not. He taught it. He explained it time after time after time with His disciples. And in this new summer series called Summer Blockbusters, we are going to study and examine together the God we serve, what He's like, what He has done, and we're going to catch a glimpse of what He is capable of doing. We're going to again watch the way that He chooses to work in this world. He is absolutely powerful enough to do whatever He wants, whenever He wants, and however He wants, and that how that He chooses, for reasons that I cannot fully understand, involves working in and through people, regular people, people just like you and people just like me. Why does He do that? People in ancient times, biblical times, they battled with fear, just like so many of us, plus a whole bunch of fears that we don't really think about. We're going to watch how God delivers them from their fear from their, to a very strong point of faith. Fear not. Why are you so afraid? Jesus kept on identifying our fears as being the wrong element of our focus. It's where you look, so stop looking there. And the Apostle Paul learned from that, and he was training one of his protégés for pastoral ministry. And he tells Timothy, uh, things that he needs to know and things that Timothy needs to teach his church. Things like this in 2 Timothy 1.7, that for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of fear. And yet, so many people today live paralyzed in different kinds of fear. This uh, episode is all about a guy named Gideon. This is not the same Gideon who stayed in the hotel room before you and forgot his Bible there. Not that Gideon. All right? This Gideon is a guy from the Old Testament that uh, he was scared to death of a group of people, a group of people that were known as the Midianites. People from Midian, they add ites on the end. We're going to jump into that story straight in. It's in Judges chapter 6. But before you get that, if you were going to use your Bible, we'd say, how do you find Judges? Where is Judges? And I think you know the, the order, so let's say it if we can together. How do we get to Judges? We started Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Oh, jeez. Oh, okay. 
All right, it's still morning. Judges! Yeah, okay. Um, so the story starts. We have God who creates the world, and we, uh, we, we start there, and we meet a guy named Abraham. And Abraham gets met by God one day. God says, I want to have a relationship with you. And Abraham goes, I don't know exactly why, but God makes Abraham promises, big promises. And one of them is land. You're going to have a place I got a spot for you. The story moves along. We get to uh, Joseph. Joseph um, gets to Egypt, and there's a famine. He calls all of his father's family into the land, and they are taken care of in uh, Egypt through the famine. Time passes. Egypt forgets about Joseph. All those people grow in number, and they become slaves. They become dangerous, and so Egypt enslaves them. Moses comes along, and he is called by God to set those people free. Let my people go, is Moses' cry. And Moses takes them out of Egypt, and he leads them on the pathway to the promised land. Outside of the promised land, Moses dies. Another guy takes over. His name is Joshua. That, so we got Moses takes us to the end of Deuteronomy. Then we get to the book of Joshua. Joshua comes in, and together with God, they, they spread out and they take the promised land. They move in, and the book of Judges is what happens after that. And frankly, uh, things don't go well in their new uh, place. They get into some trouble. Judges chapter 6, starting at verse 1, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hand of the Midianites. Verse 2, because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites built shelters. They prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. So a, a little bit of background on Midian. Uh, 200 years before this, Israel had defeated the Midianites. And after that, they got kind of cocky. And they started to think, hey, we're pretty good. Look at the battles that we've got under our belt. God was involved. Sure, but what about us? And so they stopped depending on God. And, th and then God actually removed his blessing from them, and Israel stopped increasing in number. On the other hand, the Midianites were multiplying like bunny rabbits. There were so many that the author who's writing it, who says they were like swarms of locusts. They were just everywhere. Now, you can imagine, for 200 years, the Midianites, they had that sense of oppression and their desire for revenge, their desire to get Israel back. It's just growing and growing and growing. Many historians say that the Midianites were the first people to domesticate the camel. Sounds exciting, right? Thank you so much for that historical tidbit, Graham. We always appreciate those. Why do you say that? What does it matter? Now they were able to travel faster, use the camel as a weapon of warfare so they could get to places more quickly and healthier than the others could. So 200 years, they're plotting, dreaming revenge, getting numerous like locusts and domesticating the camel. And then the Midianites decide it's time to attack Israel. And they were not attacking just to take over. They were attacking to destroy you can read about that in, in verses 3 to 6 in uh, Judges chapter 6. You can see the things that they were doing. They were killing lots and lots of people. They were trying to destroy the livestock and the crops, wiping them out. Their goal was destruction. Israel now, living in poverty. Everything around them is being destroyed. They're scared to death, and they're hiding because the enemy is so great. 
so numerous but so powerful. And that's when God sent an angel of the Lord to a guy who was very, very afraid. And his name was Gideon. Verse 11, the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak at Ophrah and belonging to Joash the Abyssalite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. So what does that mean? Why would he do that? Why is that detail included? Why is that even written in? Well, Gideon's doing his job. He's threshing wheat. He's being a good boy. But he's hiding in a wine press or a cave in a depression, some sheltered kind of place because he was so afraid of the enemy. They would come in and they would attack him, kill him, and take his grain. Verse 12, so when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. The angel called him. The first thing he says is, mighty warrior. And he wasn't being sarcastic. God saw something in Gideon that Gideon didn't see in himself. The same is true for you. As God looks more into your life, God will see more inside of you than you see inside yourself. The Lord is with you. God is with you. God is for you. If God is for you, who can be against you? God is with you. The Lord spoke to him, called him something that he didn't at all feel of himself. God said, you are a mighty warrior. Now, when God stirs in you and, you, and you, he wants you to do something, he wants you to do something great. God created me for divine purpose. He wants me to make his name great. He, he has this thing set aside for just me. God wants me to do something. He wants me involved. When that happens almost every single time, if you're like me, your insecurities will rise to the top. Gideon's insecurities. All the reasons why you are not the right person will rise to the top. We see two very distinct insecurities that rise to the top in Gideon's life. And the first one is this. Gideon was afraid that God wasn't faithful. God speaks to Gideon. And right away, we see Gideon was afraid that God wasn't going to be faithful. Does this sound at all familiar to you? Gideon was afraid that God's Word was not going to be true. Verse 13, Gideon, uh, he he says back to the angel, "Uh, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, then just tell me why has all this happened to us? If God is with us, like you say, then why is everything around me going wrong? Gideon should have known because God had already sent a prophet to explain this. He said, Israel, it is because you have, uh, haven't been paying attention to me. You've turned your eyes off me. You've, you've left me behind. But Gideon's question is also very re- revealing. It's also very much like something I might think and that you might think as well. He's wondering about the character, the faithfulness of God. And we'd say the same and do the same thing like Gideon. God, if your word is really true, then why do I have such a hard time believing it? Why do I have such a hard time seeing it around me? God, when I pray, if you're supposed to answer the prayers, how come it seems like whatever I pray for doesn't happen? In fact, sometimes, sometimes oftentimes, it feels like the opposite happens. 
God, how come it seems like the good people experience pain and the bad people get ahead? How come that seems to keep happening century after century? God, if you're really there, why? Come on, why? Why is all this happening? Why does it seem like instead of moving forward, we're always moving backwards? God, why? And Gideon, like so many of us, he started to question the faithfulness of God. You can relate. Maybe you can relate to this second insecurity. Gideon was also afraid that he wasn't good enough. Have you ever felt good enough? Verse 15, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. That's the tribe that he belonged to, and I am the least in my family. So just how? You ever feel like that? God, I'm, I'm the wrong dude, okay? If you didn't notice, let me just make it clear for you, I'm scared, and I am insecure, and I don't talk good, and I don't feel like I'm good enough. I think, I think this is easy to relate to. You sense that God is calling you to do something, opening a door for you, and all of a sudden you present your resume. Here you go, God. Let me show you. Let me prove to you I'm the wrong person. I don't have what you need. You don't understand, God. Spiritually, uh, I'm kind of inconsistent. I mean, sometimes I'm on, but a lot of times I'm off. And let's be honest, I don't know that much about my Bible. My prayer life, uh, not that great. I'm not the best-looking person here. I don't floss nearly as often as I tell the dentist I do. I don't have great leadership skills, and don't you, don't you dare put me in front of a group of people because I will freeze every single time. I wasn't the top of my class. In fact, I was in the half that made the top half of the class possible. I am just not the best candidate God. I'm sure you can do better. Why would you use me? I'm insecure. So knowing this is the way we are, what has fear kept you from doing that God is calling you to do? Fear. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And so I pray with everything in me today and as we're preparing that, that the Spirit of God stirs you and He says to you and you hear, I am with you. And there is a mighty warrior inside of you. And when you start to hesitate, but God, is that true? Can I trust you? But God, am I good enough? When all of a sudden you fear, your fear rubs up against your faith, I pray that faith conquers your fear, and you trust, and you follow. In your life, when you were called and yet hesitant, uh, you know that you have an appointment with God's destiny, but you're afraid to take that step. Whenever that happens, what I hope is that you will remember that, that it will come back to your mind and in your heart that in your life, God wants to do the Gideon, all right? So what in the world is the Gideon? Is that like one of those new TikTok dances? God loves to do the Gideon. And the Gideon is when God uses an unsure, insecure, fearful person to do the impossible. God loves to do the Gideon. Some of you right now, you're facing an impossible situation. 
All logic says that this situation is not going to work out. Let me tell you right now, you just qualified. You are a candidate for God to do the Gideon. Here's two of God's Gideon truths. First one, when God, with God, His strength through your weakness is exactly enough. 14, the Lord turned to him, that's Gideon, and said, go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? That's a big deal. God is calling you. Don't you think he will equip you? If God is calling you, don't you think he's going to give you everything that you need to do whatever it is he's asked you to do? The resources are his. Will he not allocate them? He's going to deliver, so go. Go, Gideon. I called you. I told you. You're the one. You're the one I chose. I see it in you. You are a mighty warrior. Go. Get your butt up and go. Am I not sending you? Isn't that enough? I have made it clear. Yeah. God, it's totally clear. I get that. But uh, it's not good enough. Uh, and, and I know this story like you wouldn't believe. Like I said, I, I've been doing this. I've been preaching and, and doing this thing for about 25 years. And I still get nervous almost every single stinking week. Why? Because I am regularly brought up to the fact that I'm not good enough. God, are you going to come through again this time? I mean, you did before. I remember that. But, but maybe I'm at the end. What about this time? And here's the truth. I am not good enough. And I don't have anything to say that's particularly life-changing, anything. That's why the Holy Spirit takes what I've got and He does whatever He wants with it. When my words are coming to you, God does this. God does this thing. And by the time they get to you, they're not my words anymore. The Holy Spirit, I work in partnership with Him, and He takes my attempts and he personalizes them for you. You talk to people. They don't hear the same message. And he personalizes them for me too. I experience it some like, somewhat like this. The first thing is, there's the sermon that I prepared. Number two, there's the sermon that I preach. And number three, there is the sermon translated by the Holy Spirit for each of you. You will hear it differently. And four, there is the sermon that I hear even though it's coming from my mouth, that's been translated for me by the Holy Spirit. We are all in this experience together. My weakness is a great conduit for God's strength, and so is yours. So where are you weak right now? Where are you aware of it? Where are you embarrassed of it? It's a perfect place for God to show up and do the Gideon, something that only he can do, and we'll all know it. 16, the Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. When you believe that God is with you, when he calls you and you respond, the deal is done. There is no reason to worry. There is no reason to stay awake all night, freaking out, 
can't sleep, going over things in your mind, going over them again and over them again and over them again. I should have said this. I should have said that. I will do that the next time. i got to write this down. i got to set myself free from my thoughts. When God is with you, it's settled. No reason to be afraid. No reason to be freaked out all the time. When God is with you, it is done. Take it to the bank. Rest in it. Have peace. If God is with you, He will get it done. It's not going to be up to you to fix everything. I'm with God. God's calling me. God is my provider. He's going to make sure it gets done because God is my deliverer. I need a deliverer. God is my redeemer, and I need a redeemer. He is my defender. God is my strength. God is my source. God is my righteousness. I'm with God. I'm in partnership with Him. I didn't choose it. He did. That changes everything. Gideon, it's like so many of us, was struggling struggling with this belief. One day it's good, one day it's not. And so he basically says, okay, God, I think, I think I'm hearing you say that you want to deliver our people. Am I hearing you right, God? Have I got this? You want to use me to lead Israel, to defeat all of those, all of those bad guys? And God says, yes, very good. You heard me. You got it. And Gideon said, okay, now I just want to make sure that you are in on this. Uh, so God, if this is you, what I'm going to need you to do is go ahead and give me a sign. Now, you, you know this, right? Have you ever done this before? Like every day? Uh, God, I need a sign. So Gideon asked for this outlandish, never going to happen, impossible sign. And we're told in Scripture that it's really not a wise thing to do. We are not to put the Lord our God, God to the test. But for whatever reason, God says, okay, Gideon, I'm with you. And I'm going to show you. And God does the thing. The thing exactly like Gideon said. And Gideon goes, dude, it's so obviously God. Oh, there's just no way that this could ever have happened any other way. This is truly amazing. Wow, you must be totally in on this, God. Thank you so much. So just to make sure, though, will you give me another sign? Can we just do this again? Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with you. And God says, okay, okay, uh, here's another sign. And, and Gideon's like, man, yes, this is it. It's not like the same one. It's the opposite of what it was before. This is you, God. This is so you, God. You have called me. I'm a mighty warrior. I know it's you. But just to be sure, uh, i got to be sure that I'm sure. Could, could you just give me one more? Right? And so God gives him three signs. And Gideon says, okay, this is obviously you. Deep breath. Whew, it's time to recruit an army. So maybe he puts up posters. I want you, or be all you can be, and whatever he does. He gets 32,000 soldiers that show up. He never had to use an online sign-up, though, because that would never happen on an online sign-up. Uh, now, most people would be thinking, man, you're on your way to victory. 32,000, you're good to go. But I can guarantee you that Gideon was thinking, that's barely even a good start. It's not nearly enough. How do I know that? Well, history tells us that at this time, there were probably about 150,000 Midianites. They were also buddies with the Amalekites who would team up with other people in the east. And so it was safe to say that there's probably about 200,000 people who would be engaged in battle against an army of 32,000. 
and getting his thing. Good start, God, but we're definitely going to need some more people here. So God speaks up, though, in verse 2 of chapter 7. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands. And he goes, hey, what? Too, too many? This is why I have a problem with math, God. Uh, that brings us to our second Gideon truth. With God, the way forward is often backwards. Some of you right now, you're going to uh, speak to this. You know this, right? God, all I want... All I want is for you to move me forward. I want to take a next step. I don't want to take one. I want to take two. I want next steps. I want to progress. God, I'm, I'm praying spiritually. You're, you're going to help me make some forward movement. We're going to go. I want to leave this behind. God, I want you to uh, heal my relationship because it seems to be going backwards. God, please take it forward. Take me forward. God, all these things are getting worse. God, financially, I... I'm trying, but I just can't seem to make progress, and something just broke again. God, please help my uncle. Give him some forward momentum. Give us forward momentum together. My friend is going the wrong way. Sometimes, with God, the way forward is backwards, and you feel like all I want to see is something forward, and yet every time I continue to go backwards. Second part of that verse, too. Or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Verse 3, now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So, 22,000 men left. Well, 10,000 remained. So 22,000 men went home to Mama, and I'm pretty sure I would have been one of them. They left. 22,000. Okay, so we've got... Quick math, 32,000 minus 22,000 equals not enough, right? 10,000 people, and Gideon is saying, but God, we were going for 32,000. That was a good first step, and God says, we are. We are. I am doing something that's not going to make sense to anyone else. You won't see it until later. Trust me. And God says, we haven't gone backward enough yet. Now, go tell these guys to go drink some water from over in that little pond over there. So the guys all go over, and they drink, and God says, watch how they drink. Watch what they're doing. Those who get down, both hands down, and they drink like a dog, send all those guys home. God says, no, watch. And he would drink with one hand and one hand on their sword. They're prepared for battle. They're going to be able to watch. Those other dudes can't see anything coming. These are the guys. These are the ones that you want. These are the warriors. So, 32 minus 22,000. Guess how many drank the way that God said they should? Hand on the sword, one hand, eyes up. How many? Yeah, you're right. You didn't say anything. 300. And they weren't even Spartans. Sparta! 32,000, down to 10,000, down to 300. And Gideon says, but I thought we were going forward. I, I asked you. I tested you. You said we were good to go. How come? And God says, we are. We are going forward. So God says, let's put this deal together. It's time to 
armor up. Go get your weapons. Here's what I want you to get. Go to band class and get your trumpet, right? Get your horn. Go get some pitchers. Get your trumpets. We're going to go to battle. So 300 people against maybe 200,000 or more. We've got our instruments. I got a big drinking glass. I got my candle. And God says, go out there. And here's what I want you to do. Blow the horns. Okay, take your pitchers. Throw them down. Crash. That makes sense. Now lift up your torches. And then what happened? Well, God happened. God caused the Midianites to turn against each other. And they fought each other. They destroyed each other. And everyone looked on and said, that had to be God. There's no other way. There is no other way. And God sees something in you that no one else sees. He is with you, mighty warrior. And as soon as you sense that, all of your insecurities, they might rise up. Well, what if it's not really God? What if He didn't say that? Well, what if? But what about? What if it's not Him? What if I'm not good enough? What if He changes His mind? No. In your life, God wants to do the Gideon. In your weakest moment, at your point of greatest weakness, that's where His strength, His power will shine. And if you feel like things are going backwards, it may just be God's unusual way of taking you forward to make sure that everyone knows that it was Him and not just you. Let's pray. Father, we thank You that You are the God of the universe. You are the beginning and You are the end. You knew the last page of this book before, it was, before the first page was ever written. God, we thank You that You are sovereign, holy God who loves Your people beyond what we can even imagine. So, God, we seek you. We don't just seek our answers. We seek you. There are many of you uh, that you might say, you know what? I, I really am. I'm, I'm affected. I'm paralyzed, hurt, impaired by a spirit of fear. I'm always worried. I'm, I'm always concerned. I'm always trying to manipulate the situation. I'm always trying to figure it out. It's obvious it's obvious that I'm struggling with trust, God. I want to say that I do, but my life shows that I, I really don't, and I, I'm so plagued with insecurity. I don't feel like I'm good enough. I'm always hesitant. God wants to show you that He is with you. You may feel like your life is sliding backwards, and maybe it is. Maybe it is because backwards for you is the way forward for God for right now. Maybe He needs to get you to a place where you've got nothing else but Him. When you were down to nothing, someone said that God is up to something. Maybe He's up to something in your life. Your prayer can be very simple. God, I want to start right now. I want to start this next season of my life right God, help me overcome this fear, these fears. I want to trust in you, not in what I see. I, I want to trust in you, 
Even when I feel like I am going backwards, God, I want to trust in you. I want to follow you. God, break the spirit of fear over my life. I want to put my whole faith, my whole trust, my every step completely in you. And God, thank you for the honesty of your people who are, who are crying out even right now. And I pray in the name of your risen Son, Christ Jesus, that you would break the spirit of fear. God, you recognize that, we recognize that fear is not from you, that this fear is not from you. This is from the evil one. Break that. God, replace it with the spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. Continue to transform me by the renewing of my mind. God, build our faith in you, not in what we see, not in what we hear, not in the circumstances around us, but God, in you. And you only build our faith in you. God, help us to see that the power is from you, that the point of our, at the point of our greatest weakness is where your strength is made perfect. Make it perfect in me. Make it perfect in my friends this morning. Lord God, we ask these things of you. We beg these things from you, knowing that you hear us, knowing that you care, knowing that you love us. Take us forward. We trust you. And we're going to take a next step right now. Thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.